Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and this week we are taking a look at the new Tom Cruise movie, Top Gun Maverick, directed by Joseph Kaczynski. What do we have here? Yeah, here I thought we were special. Fellas, this here's Bagman. Hangman. Whatever. What the hell kind of mission is this? Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. Captain speaking. Then we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. We're going into combat on a level no living pilot's ever seen. Not even him. You think up there you're dead. Believe me. My dad believed in you. I'm not gonna make the same mistake. Someone's not coming back from this. Those are your pilots. Anything happens to them. You'll never forgive yourself. No turning back now. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. That is literally like the first you know, five minutes of the movie. Uh, I was very lucky. I got to see this movie Tuesday night in the IMAX. It was it was the biggest theater I've been in in a very long time, and that includes, like, with people. It was fun to see this with an audience. And I, I don't know that I've seen something in an IMAX. I, th- I, th- I feel like I have. Like, I think maybe I saw Mad Max in the th- in the IMAX, but I don't, I don't remember if that was just XD or not. But, man, if you can see this movie... And you should, it should be in the IMAX. I mean, it should be in the best theater experience that you can have. The rumble of the jets and the music and everything, it was... Like, when it says the IMAX experience, I mean, my goodness, I was just in it. Like, you really felt like you were in it. Um, Top Gun Maverick is very, very good. I liked it a whole lot. I always feel like I should save that at the end, and I never do. I always say right away how I feel about uh, the movie. 
I wasn't sure about it. You know, going in, when I first heard about this movie years ago, like, I didn't care. I I love Top Gun. I love the first Top Gun. It's great. And it's it's 80s great. But as I got older and I watched it again, I was like, this is a really silly movie. This is kind of a cartoon. It is kind of homoerotic. <laughs> what is happening? Uh, it's it's very it's a different watch when you get older and it's like it wasn't the great movie that I remember it being and just the idea of going back to it all those years later and it was gonna be Tom Cruise's Maverick teaching Goose's son like that just seemed so obvious and so cliche and eye rolly uh, but it wasn't it's it's not quite that that's not I mean that's definitely part of the movie uh, and by the way I'm not gonna give away plot details it's I'm, I'm just going to give the basic basic thoughts on Top Gun Maverick, which I'm still not totally sold on, on the name. But I will say one of the things that I thought I found very interesting is the opening of the movie is exactly the same as the first one. Like the fonts are exactly the same. The Top Gun theme is playing, which instantly like goosebumps happens. And then it gives the it explains what Top Gun is. And it like the the same exact verbiage on the screen, and then you get the the logo, and then it goes to them the on on uh, an aircraft carrier, and the guy's working. It's the exact same thing, and then it cues the music of Danger Zone, and I'm like, oh my god, we're doing the exact same opening, aren't we? And it was uh, I was like, what? Okay, are we just gonna do this? Is this just gonna be? A rehash of, of what I've seen because the reviews are saying otherwise. And then we go in and we, we see Maverick testing a, a new stealth plane and and seeing what the limits are and, and trying to make new records. And he's not supposed to because that's, you know, what Maverick does. He just goes against the grain and is like, you, you tell me I'm not going to do something. I'm definitely going to do it. And he's proving why he is one of the best of the best. And things happen and he gets sent back to uh, teach Top Gun as a request from Val Kilmer's Iceman, uh, which you don't see a lot in the movie. He's got one main scene. Um, there's communication they do like... Because I don't know if you know this about Val Kilmer, but he did have throat cancer, and his voice is like definitely gone. I mean, it's not his voice. It's not the Iceman that you would think. And when I heard Val Kilmer was going to be in it, I was like, how's that going to work? Like, I don't know how they could do it, because he looks very different, and... He sounds like a completely different person, uh, but the way they, they got around that I thought worked really well, and it was a really good scene, and it was nice to see Val Kilmer on the screen again, because when I was growing up, he was in so much of the stuff that I watched. I mean, Top Gun, I I don't know how many times I saw Top Gun. Uh, Willow, I saw nonstop. Real Genius, I watched all the time. Batman, Forever, I've seen more than I probably should have. I should have known at the time that I saw it. It isn't a great movie, but I uh, didn't care. watched it a lot. Um, so it was nice to have Val Kilmer back in it, and that was really it for like the recurring roles. But I, one thing I was really surprised with with it is I saw Maverick, like I saw the character from the first movie. And with Tom Cruise, sometimes you see a Tom Cruise movie, and you're like, ah, oh, that's just Tom Cruise. And that didn't happen with this movie because as it like when it started, I was like, oh look, there's Tom Cruise. But then it, it, very quickly that went away, and I was like, oh no, that's Maverick. And kind of just like all of the uh, reboots or rebootquels or whatever they're calling those things, uh, where you've got like a kind of sequel but sort of reboot at the same time, um, Maverick is still dealing with Goose's death, and that's still very it weighs very heavy on him. So when he gets to Top Gun to teach again, and he sees uh, Rooster played by Miles Teller, 
it brings up a lot of things, and kind of a majority of the movie is him trying to move on. Maverick trying to kind of move on and accept Goose's death, I guess, and what role he plays with Rooster. And it, I like the way everything kind of plays out there. There's a lot of new characters in this movie. Uh, Jennifer Conley plays Penny, who's a, a romance from the past. One that we don't know anything about because Charlie from the first movie is not involved in this one at all. And, I mean, she didn't really need to be, I guess. Not really a necessary that Jennifer Connelly fit that bill just fine. Uh, she was all right. Miles Teller plays Rooster, who is the son of Goose. And I never thought that Miles Teller looked anything like Anthony Edwards. But there's so many times during this movie where I'm like, oh, my God, it's Anthony Edwards. Like, he looks so much like Goose. But it was funny because Goose was always the co-pilot. And I never saw him as, like, the standout guy. And I feel like Miles Teller's character is supposed to be that. Like, he's supposed to kind of be sort of the maverick of this movie in a way, but he still feels like Goose, and he still feels like the wingman, the side character, like the the second to Maverick. And, I mean, he, he kind of is. And their relationship is really kind of the core of the movie, and there's a they're not really friendly in this. I mean, Maverick wants to be friends with him, and he doesn't really want a whole lot to do with him. And it's more than just the fact that Goose is dead and... Sometimes people blame Maverick, even though it really wasn't his fault at all. Um, but I really like Miles Teller as Rooster. I think he did a really good job of being this own his own character that kind of thinks he's really good, but also you can tell there's like a confidence issue a little bit. Like, is he as good as he should be? And a lot of people question that as well. Um, but I really liked him. I thought he did a, a good job. John Hamm plays uh, like the guy that's in charge of Top Gun now, and that's it. That's his role. Like, he's just sort of, not, he's not a cartoon. That's that, I feel like that's a rude way of saying it. He does his job well, but he's just the guy that opposes Maverick. That's it. I mean, he's just like the captain in any, like in any buddy cop movie. He's just, he's that guy. He's the guy that's like, no, you can't do that. That's it. It doesn't go any further than that. But that's all it really needed to be. Uh, Monica Barbeau plays uh, Phoenix, which is uh, Rooster's, I believe, love interest. They don't get into it too much. I liked her. I, I thought she was really good in it. I think one of the standouts in this was Glenn Powell. He plays Hangman, who is essentially the cocky character. And he plays the cocky character perfectly. Like he's, he's basically the Iceman of this movie for this group of Top Gun pilots. And he's so good that you wanting to punch him in the face... But you know there's probably a redeeming quality to him at some point. Um, he's very good at playing that part. And I think he'll probably do a lot more for this. I've liked him since uh, Richard Linklater's Everybody Wants Some, which is like the spiritual sequel to Days and Confused. He's really good in that movie, too. Um, actually, I liked pretty much everybody in the new group of Top Gun pilots. I thought we got a little bit more out of them uh, than we had in the original movie. Which, at times, like I said, the original movie, as much as I love it, it's very over-the-top and 80s action movie cartoony. Now, the action in this movie is amazing. Like, they really were in the planes. I mean, it, well, they weren't flying them, obviously. That'd be insane for the government to let them do that and the Hollywood industry. But they were actually in it, and the reactions were very real at times. And the just the stuff that they were doing in it, it was crazy. I mean, I watched a behind-the-scenes thing, and they would, like, go up... And the actors had these cameras in the cockpits with them. 
And I mean, they had a, a pilot flying it, obviously, but they were like in charge of filming everything. And the director's like, I, I let him go. And then I didn't, I didn't have any control over it. They were in the air doing what they needed to do. And sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. Sometimes they had issues with everything. My goodness. The action is so intense. And the last, like the the thing that they're doing, that they're training for when they actually go and do it, it was, it was like, I don't want to say edge of your seat because that seems so cliche, but I was so edge of my seat on it. I was like, oh my God, this is really great. And you kind of know what, I mean, you know what should happen, and they kind of do that. I mean, this movie is exactly what you want it to be in a Top Gun sequel, and everything seems to work. Like, I, there wasn't one part of this movie that I didn't like. There were things I was like, that's a little cheesy, but it comes from Top Gun, which is like all cheese. The whole movie's cheese. The whole movie of the original Top Gun is, is them posing all the time. By the way, if you were thinking, is there a very sweaty volleyball scene in this movie? No, there's not. It's a very sweaty football scene on a beach. And there is slight posing in that scene. Um, but you even get that. And that was ridiculous. But it was fun. And it was just very Top Gun. And it was very intense and very exciting, like, the whole way through. Uh, the training is really good. And it, it's it's kind of funny. The whole movie, you're just seeing why Maverick is the best. And they, I feel like they go out of their way a couple times to be like, this guy's the best. Like, look at him go. This is the best guy ever. And it's a, it's, it gets a little bit a little bit redundant from time to time, uh, especially at the end when he's told no again uh, by John Hamm, and then he goes against it and shows what he's really made of. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy. But then it goes to this whole other area at the end of the movie that I wasn't expecting that I I really liked. Like it it was fun, and I really enjoyed it. And I got really into it. And that could have been the immersive experience of the IMAX doing that too. I mean, I'm sure if I watched it at home, I will still like it a whole bunch. Like, I love this movie. I think as a whole, like structurally as a movie, this is a better movie than the first Top Gun. I don't know. Like, if you take all the nostalgia out of the fact that we've had the original Top Gun since, what, 86? And we've all been able to watch it like a billion times since then. Like, if you take all that out, and just compare the two movies, I think this one is actually better. And it's a great follow-up. If they did more, I don't know that I'd be opposed to it. I think I could like watching more of Maverick and Rooster and Phoenix and Hangman and Bob. There's a really weird character named Bob. You don't get a lot of Bob, but what you do, I like. It's it's fun. Speaking of Bob and kind of the lighthearted side of the movie, I actually think there's some really funny moments in this movie that I was not expecting. Like, there's just some scenes where there's humor that I did not think there'd be humor in. And it was surprising and uh, actually funny. Which sometimes in movies like this, especially with, like, Tom Cruise when he tries to be funny, I'm like, I don't know about this. But it worked. Like I said, kind of everything worked. But check it out. I think it's a very, very good movie. And it's a blockbuster. It's a summer blockbuster. And it's fun to see one of those Again, it was fun to see it in a theater. I was, I'm pretty sure, the only person that still had a mask on. It's just me. That's what I want to do. I want to be safe. And I still want to see these movies. Right down to, like, Lady Gaga's song, Hold My Hand. It is the most soundtrack song I think I've ever heard. Like, they put that out a couple weeks ago. And they put out the music video for it. And I was waiting for the music video. Because I heard the song and I'm like, I don't, this is just Lady Gaga. I don't really care. And then I listened to it again. I'm like, this is such a... This is such a soundtrack song. 
and I used to love buying movie soundtracks, and I don't feel like after the last, you know, handful of years, it's not really that big. Like, usually with a superhero movie, there's a big song that went with it. And I feel like somewhere along the lines, that that went away. Like, none of the Batmans have a big soundtrack song. Justice League didn't. Any of the Marvel movies, they don't really have, like, a soundtrack song. And when I heard the Lady Gaga one, I'm like, this is really harkens back to the old days. Then I saw the music video, which is also directed uh, by the by the director of the movie, uh, Joseph Kaczynski, who's all, also from Iowa, which I think is really cool. And it is such the old music videos that I would have watched on MTV back in the day where they've got the clips and a very dramatic musician being dramatic on, on the rough way of where the jets take off. And it's it was just it, everything with it. They did perfectly. So I highly recommend seeing Top Gun. If you can see it in the IMAX, do it. It is definitely worth the extra money to see it that way. Because just the rumble of the jets and the rumble of the music, I mean, it really does put you in the movie. It's like when I watched Stupid Titanic in 3D, I liked it better. I don't think Titanic's that great of a movie. But when I watched it in 3D, and I felt like I was more involved. And I think that's what the IMAX kind of did for this movie. It made it that much better. Plus, I've been waiting for this movie to come out since, you know, the pandemic started. It was supposed to come out in 2020. And it just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And I think maybe that sort of helped... But then once you finally see it and you realize it was totally worth the wait, it's great. I mean, there's some generic stuff here and there, some cheesiness. But like I said, it kind of goes to the territory of being Top Gun. But Tom Cruise definitely, you can tell he cared about this movie. And it's all 100% on the screen. You know, I mean, say what you want about Tom Cruise and some of his kind of uh, insanity things that you hear when he's on the set and, you know, doing these crazy, huge stunts. It's kind of undeniably great. I mean, the way it all comes together and the way it looks, I mean, it's stunning. The look of this movie is amazing, and the fact that they were actually in the Jets just added so much to it, and it's stuff that you've never quite seen anything like this. I mean, they could have done it CG, you know, they could have done it with green screens and all that, but I I, I think it just added so much more authenticity to it, even though it's insane that they were doing all the stuff they were doing in this movie and that he actually was flying sometimes and... It's nuts, but uh, it's a really great big summer blockbuster that I think everybody's going to enjoy. Unless you hate having fun. Yeah, fun haters. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.